What's up, guys? It's the Nightwing at Way of Life Esports coming at you guys with another episode of Rift Insight. And today, we are joined here by Alorum. The actual Alorum. He's not a fake Alorum. This is the real Alorum from INT, the LCS Pro Alorum. So, Hello. this is Season 1, Episode 10. We're going to be discussing uh, things that Alorum has gone through during the split, how he's you know, taking the off season now that he's obviously not going to Worlds. And then we have uh, Reaper leaving Cloud9. And just want to get you guys' World 2020 predictions in terms of who do you think is going to be the, one, of, one of the best players, top, mid, bot, doesn't really matter, and one of the best teams going in, or even an underrated team. So just, just want to start it off. How are you guys doing? How's your day been? I'm going good. good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was wondering who's going first. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm fine. I'm I'm on the degenerate sleep schedule now that it's uh, off-season, you know, going to sleep 6 a.m. Well, I guess that it's more that I'm getting ready for Worlds. Going to sleep at, like, 6 or 7 a.m., waking up in the middle of the day. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, that's been the same. I think I've – the most recent days, I've just been spamming Among Us till like, 5 a.m., 6 a.m. Yeah, that's – like, 2 p.m. That's definitely vibes. I'm kind of in the same boat, except uh, I'm I'm starting to work really early, so I'm trying right? to get up. Yeah, I'm trying to get up at like seven, eight o'clock, and then by the end of the day, like way way end of the day, I'm just dead. So, dude, I I feel like, dude, I get up at five o'clock in the morning. I'm out of the house by six. When I get off, I'm like, I I, I could sleep, but then I fight to sleep, and then my eyes start hurting. I'm like, okay, I I gotta take a nap. And then I sleep <laughs> the whole night, and I go back to work. <laughs> it's 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 just the life of a common man, you know. And then obviously pouring ice cream cones for people, and then having them throw them at you if if they're not made properly. Yeah, it's definitely oh a yeah. <laughs> so Alorum, how's it been since um you guys didn't make playoffs? Uh, what do you what are you planning on doing for this off season actually? Well, uh, let's see. We've been in off season almost a month now. Um, yeah. So at least for Immortals plans, I can't go too into it, but it should mm -hmm. be pretty obvious to. Um, for everyone now that, and it was already public that, um, so as Ica, Gate, and Alltech were dropped from the team, so mm -hmm. there are four spots open in Immortals, and there could be more changes in the future. I'm not sure. Okay. And obviously, a big one is that we're going to be rehiring for staff, especially mm -hmm. uh, LCS head coach and just analytical positions in general at, at Immortals, since we were down to one coach for each team who were previously analysts for the team. So we're, we're at that point right now and we're not too far into it. And we're in the middle of doing interview process and all that. So okay. that's, that's what the org is doing for the off season. As for myself, I'm just, I'm just taking a break. You know, I'm taking a slow. I'm playing, mm -hmm. I'm playing my challenger games on decay. I'm not playing, <laughs> not playing too many games right now. Um, okay. I'm, I'm doing a lot of other stuff, right? Since I, I'm back in Georgia now, I'm not in Los Angeles anymore. Okay, how's that so, been, going back home? It's been great. You know, being at home, it just has a different feel than being in L.A., where, which is where I work, right? So <laughs> having being closer to my family and a lot of my friends and uh, having my own car so I don't have to Uber everywhere is a nice, nice <laughs> thing to have. So it's been good since I've been back, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hanging out. Okay. Oof. So after you guys um, – weren't able to make the playoffs for the LCS 2020 summer split. Um, what were things that you thought of that you could have done differently? Um, well, so during the split, we did mm -hmm. have 
th- there was a point where uh, I remember our manager had asked me if there was any combination of the roster we had that could we make it to Worlds with you know all mm-hmm. 10 of the players on Immortals. Could, it, could there be any combination that could possibly make Worlds? And my answer was no. I didn't Ooh, think I didn't okay. think that we could um, just with the players we had in the, in the time we had. And then when we got moved up, we had we went one one the first week, and then we went o two versus EGTL the next week. But they were very close games. They were they were within you know an ability a proper ability press on the keyboard away from winning. Mm-hmm. And so after that. I didn't think I didn't I wasn't sure if we could make worlds, but I think if we had opportunities to beat teams like especially TL was one of them, we beat TSM and we we were beating EG. Like if we can beat those teams who are on the upper half of the LCS, like why couldn't we at least make playoffs? And if we could make playoffs, then you know a step above that would be doing well, and a step above that would be going to worlds. So there was maybe a di- in a different world. Immortals maybe could have made worlds, but that was that was like if we were to do that, we would have had to ride a momentum train since we were a mm-hmm. little behind the curve anyway. And and I don't think a lot of people expected us to do well just from staff blowing up into us just mm-hmm. being put in randomly. So I think in a in another universe we could have made it, and I, I think playoffs is definitely achievable for, by us. But um, yeah, during the split when. When we started losing more, it was just, I think a lot of the org and ourselves were thinking about the next split as mm-hmm. much as, you know, you should focus on the present, but thinking long-term is not bad in League of Legends because at the end of the day for, for orgs, if they're losing currently, their plan is to look in the long-term and what can be fixed the next season. So we're looking to rebuild Immortals in a better just mm-hmm. a better way for next split. And a big part of that comes from the staff we have. We, we needed more support, which we mm-hmm. didn't have a lot of. You know, coming off of like the first part of the split where you guys had, uh, was it Aka and Soaz, Potluck, right. uh, was it Alltech and Gate, you know, right. starting zero four, you guys coming in, you guys kind of, you know, reinvigorating the roster. Insanity had, you know, he had some pretty good games there. I was really happy that specifically for the LCS 2020 summer split that, you know, how there was a big criticism that none of the orgs take risks on academy players. There was orgs taking risks on academy players. So at least, you know, it might not have been the biggest step toward getting them almost all into the LCS rosters. At least it's a start in the right direction. At least it's happening at some point rather yeah. than, you know, at all. Because the biggest complaint was going to just not doing it. But this split, it was different. They were willing to try it out, and Spica performed very well, Tactical performed very well, you performed very well, Insanity performed very well. Who came in? Um, the support for 100 Thieves. Pumi. Poom. He, he came in for a few games. He was pretty good. You know, so I think this split will be a big indicator for teams that if they want to try out uh, Academy talent, it might actually pave the way for that. Yeah. That's my, at, me personally. At least for us, it was less of a risk and more of just like, okay, we're already losing every <laughs> game. How about we just, you know, how about we just do something different? It, I don't think we even thought of it as a risk because you couldn't go any lower than 0% win rate, right? So, it's not wrong. Not yeah. wrong. Okay. So actually, my friend had a question last time for you being a top laner. So 
what is it like being considerably a weak side player versus a strong side player? So when you're in a draft and you have to play weak side, what is generally the team's plans for a weak side top laner when you have to play a champion that specifically goes towards that versus a draft catering towards a carry top laner? Um, at least for us, weak side top lane would mainly mean pick a tank that has engage. So not, not something like Maokai, like while you could do Maokai, that is like drafting more for a kite back, protect the carry. While we usually favored stuff like Orin or Scion, which is engage because a lot of the times we would draft no engage except for top lane. So it came down to that in the draft where it was like, all right, we need some kind of engage because. Uh, excuse me, because we have graves and we have, we have um, maybe we maybe we even have Ash, but Ash on our own needs some mm -hmm. kind of follow up. So we we would have these tools to have a fight where we want to go forward, but we didn't have the hard engage yet. So a weak side top lane, we would usually just go, okay, you know, I'll arm play play war and play Scion. I, I'm good at those characters; I can play them adequately. Um, and I, I guess I was also playing Malphite, which. People were banning a lot toward the end, <laughs> which was kind of funny. But um, it, it's that's also always funny to me is seeing the Malphite bans from. <laughs> but uh, you might be the next uh, Vierson Villian. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I had two games of Malphite. People call me a Malphite one trick. I'm like, what? <laughs> I had played two games of Malphite in the split. I'm like, come on, man. It's just they're banning. But. Yes, and if we were strong side, it just depends what we wanted to play top. Like, um, I, I think the main one for us was we'd play Urgot for me, and we'd we like picking him with Twisted Fate or something. So Twisted Fate can easily port top, and Twisted Fate Urgot's really good because it's stun card into mm -hmm. uh, Urgot ult. And we we did that twice maybe, but we only had one really strong Urgot, Urgot game, which was mm -hmm. against DG. I got we didn't win, but we we it was one of those that we should have won. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I, I I was mainly weak side, and in those games, you just have to plan on getting dove or how to prevent yourself from getting dove, and you're just saying, all right, team, do better on the opposite side. <laughs> do you think the community values weak side top laners less? Not really. I I think people these days people can have a gen general understanding of what weak side top is like <laughs> it it used to be like if you just died to ganks over and over it's like oh man this guy how can he not just avoid these ganks but pro play has gotten to a point where sometimes it's not possible for you to not lose anything off of ganks like you're either going to lose a ton of waves and a lot of xp or you're going to lose your life going for the xp so people i think generally understand what weak side top lane means and that sometimes you have to die for the good, greater good. You'll see top laners blow their ultimates, like Orn ultimate or Sign ultimate, on the wave while getting dove, because they're going to die. But if you can get all the creeps before you die, then that's at least the best case scenario for you. Okay. I, man, you're, he's playing it all for you guys. Make sure you pick Malphite in the LCS, become a one-trick, and have it instant ban. So, yeah. so in like five years from now, when you're like the next Bjergsen for top lane, and you have like six trophies in your name, and people are banning out Malphite just as your pick, you heard it here first. Malphite will be your yeah. pick going Malphite, in. <laughs> Malphite blind pick was mine. <laughs> I just thought it was funny, because it was like that very first game. All it was was they just kept diving you. That was, yeah, that was yeah. all that happened. It just was like bully top. And then the next game, that was, I think, the one where, speaking of, like, one ability usage, 
like you guys played great and insanity missed i think one oriole where the ball this was stuck game. on them yeah and that's what happened i was like that that, that, that was like, uh my mouth was, yeah. yep, that was i think my that roster was fine if it started from the beginning, I think you guys probably actually would have made playoffs is what I would have said personally. But yeah. It's if you guys had the roster that you guys were playing good with, I think you would have at least got fifth, sixth place. It's a different I, world. And it, it's mm-hmm. we can say that, right? But we don't really know. So. Oh, I know. I can see the future. All right. All right. I'm Night-Eye from, all, from my hero. I can see the future. Ah, all right, all right. <laughs> so what did you think about the playoffs for the uh, LCS? Was it as garbage as, you know, everyone's been saying it's NA's doomed at Worlds? Um, I, I don't know. Like, NA, you can never be too hopeful for our Worlds, considering our track, our, our history. But, you know, I, I'd like NA to do well. And I don't think playoffs were garbage games. Like, I, I think... Like TL and FlyQuest, TSM have good chances to win games. Historically, NA has maybe like a 40, 50, a 40 something percent win rate at Worlds, which is, you know, less than EU, China, and Korea. But we're not like underneath wildcard teams or anything, right? We're still like, <laughs> we can take games. We, NA just struggles like in the clutch factor of games at Worlds. A lot of the times you'll see the most embarrassing moments at NA at Worlds is where we're ahead and then we'll do something stupid and lose. Double so, lift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and it goes down as memes for history, right? Oh, so, yeah. I, you know, I'm still saying NA can do something. And I think the playoffs in general were a lot of fun to watch, especially TSM's climb from getting beaten by GGS into playing GGS again. They got 2 0'd at the start of the series and made a 3 0 sweep. When I saw them get 2 0'd, I'm like, okay, TSM's losing game three for sure, and they're going to be out. But, you know, good for them. They took losing to GGS to playing GGS again to being down 2-0 to going all the way. Like, I thought that was a cool a cool playoff story. Like, I'm I'm happy for TSM, really. It's that same old effect that T1, TSM have in the playoffs. You just can't count them out. If it's T1 or it's TSM in any roster iteration in any split, you just can't count them out until they're actually not there anymore. It's... I don't know. I'd, I'd say that's more true for T1 than TSM. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, um, SKT did not make worlds, so. Yeah, and they Crazy. were, you know, even, even before Cloud9, you know, to, uh, let Reaper go, Co- Coach Kim was like, I'm done. I'm leaving. But we'll get into it in a little bit. But I, well, I want to just ask you about the teams going to worlds, Team Liquid, FlyQuest, and TSM. Which one, in your own personal opinion, should be the most likely team to perform pretty well? Um... I think that FlyQuest's top side is the best. Um, Solo, Santor, and PoE seem to be the best top side of all, all three of the teams. At least consistency. In consistency, <laughs> they always seem to perform well, okay. especially PoE. PoE, Santor, and I think are the best duo lane, or mid-duo, mid-jungle duo of uh, the three teams. So I think through that, they'll have the most consistent results between TSM and TL. But I think in terms of like, a draw like an aggressive like team that has more convincing wins it would probably be tl i think i think tl um if they play through bot side and tactic tactical has really good uh mechanics on him right so and we we've seen him save games single-handedly that one calista game i forgot who i think the it was shen, the shen flash smite yeah. baron yeah so i i think well that's that's tsm right or my yeah no 
the, so he's talking about the the base defense that tactical had Callista. oh five, yeah I think, okay there you Flight go West. yeah so I, I think TL has more clutch factor than uh, FlyQuest, but mm -hmm. um, I think FlyQuest will be the most consistent. And then TSM, it's hard to say. I feel like TSM, I can't really predict what they're going to do. <laughs> yeah, based off of like from like VODs I've seen, apparently like Tactical is actually like going insane right now. Like on oh, yeah, the, no, the he's... super server over in China, mm -hmm. he's like actually smurfing on everybody. So I think it'll be interesting to see how tactical and core JJ go against other teams playing but worlds. Yeah. If I had I also to take think... a bet, <laughs> I just think it sucks that, you know, uh, TL is going in as not the first seed. Cause no matter what you're facing a first seed of either the LPL, mm -hmm. the LCK. Yeah. I mean, TL versus like top esports. I'm, you know, I'm if I'm a betting man, I'm putting on top esports, but no, man, you gotta go to TL. <laughs> They're so much better. <laughs> If you made a world top twenty it. list, why is Beardson not your number one? Haha. -ha. I think well, one interesting groups, but one interesting dynamic, at least for this year, that might make things a little more interesting. It may not change much in the overall, but one thing to think about is because of the fact there's not really like the same land experience that you get at Worlds, where having the stage and everything. Mm -hmm. I think rookies who are kind of used to just playing scrims at home, scrims in their office, they're actually going to have. I think, like, at least a lot less pressure on them. Just, like, you know, they can play the games as if they're literally just in their scrim room, right? And that might affect the mental of, like, someone like Tactical, who's still really new to playing in these kind of high-pressure games, um, to allow him to just kind of unleash what he has. Yeah, um, it, it definitely will make a impact, because being there on stage is not the same thing as playing online, so... Mm -hmm. I think I can agree with that. It, you still definitely have a feeling because there's a lot of stakes at play. <laughs> like you're gonna, you're definitely gonna have some nerves. But sure, yeah. It, it tech w. Be all the same, dude. Just imagine this. This this could be the only worlds where players are playing in their underwear, winning a humongous trophy like that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so. Just watch the player cams. Like, hey, why why are you not wearing pants? By the way, <laughs> they're holding up the world's trophy without pants on. It's like this is the only world that'll happen. So, um. So for me and TL, I think certain teams like TL, like I think I personally for me, I would like if all the teams win the play-in stage. Honestly, I I think they need that momentum going in that where they can get those warm-up games with the wild card regions in. That way, it can be a little bit more easier going mm -hmm. up against the harder teams because, like, even though I'm a C9 fan, like even seeing is how they perform well in those years that they did do well. The playing stage, people underestimate the playing stage. It really did help them. Imagine just throwing licorice out there against like Keen. Just to throw him out there. Yeah, probably would not have worked very well. But having him play against other players first, seeing how they play differently from North American players, does help out. So, but that is the double-edged sword. You go on the playing stage, you win the playing stage, you're gonna get a really, really hard group. That's a double-edged sword. Yeah. I think another thing with uh, being able to go through the play-ins, um, something that definitely kind of correlated with that, as you said, was teams like just generally um, like have these different meta picks that they try in scrims. And once they show on stage, they're like, okay, we prepared these. These We think that these are the best picks uh, for our team. And sometimes they just don't work out very well. And uh, having those extra games before the group stage, which you only have six best of ones, mm -hmm. um, that gives you a lot of you know leeway to be like, all right, we, we're not picking Ash. Like, this is not working for us. We're going to go to this instead. Do you guys remember what pick that was last year? Last year. Hmm. Last year. Was it Zaya or Kaisa? 
Wasn't an AD carry. It was a jungler. Oh, I just remember a couple years ago it was fucking uh, it was Levi's uh, Nocturne. I think it was like two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, with Gigabyte well, Marines. Yeah. I give you guys. I want to let you know. So there was a pick coming into Worlds that everybody thought was like the best character in the game, and it was picked in plans multiple times. Zero percent win rate after people thought it would be the best jungler world. Was it oh the best jungler? Oh, was it Elise? Nah. All right. Okay. Well, 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 I'm guess. Well, 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 was, was it a tank jungler or a carry jungler? Carry. Carry. Okay. Nidalee? Nah. Uh, uh Kindred? Nah. Fuck. All right. I can't. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Okay. I got this. Kindred, Sin, Nidalee. What else is there? Shenryu, help your boy out. It, the thing <laughs> is, it was also popping off in solo queue every game. I remember what, what you're talking about. But yeah, no one picked it. I remember. Fuck. It, God. They damn. only picked it in plans. None in the after after plans. People saw it lose every single game. Didn't play it anymore. Was it? Olaf? Sun Chao? No, no. All right. That's it. You got your guesses? Echo. Okay. I, I didn't get one. Echo, it, was Echo? it was Echo? Oh, Jungle Echo. Okay, yeah. I remember it, it got buffs both on the patch of Worlds. People were screaming in Soul Q. They said it was the best pick ever. It got picked in play. I remember no, no absolute stage games. Zero percent win rate. Well, it, it had stage games, but it was only play-ins, right? And 0% win rate. Even the good teams that played Echo had 0% win rate on it. And after plans, zero, no one picked it or banned it. In yeah, that's right, because Clutch played it. I remember in their first game, they played it on <laughs> on, on on Lyra, and it, it just looks so bad. Yeah, that, I, I always remember, I remember that, that one. It's like, you know, it was this champion that was popping off in solo queue, had so much ban presence in solo queue, and everybody thought it was one of the best characters in the game. And then, you know, here it comes. Yeah, unfortunately, that did not help out Clutch last year. But I think it's fair to say TL is like five times the team that Clutch was. Yeah, well, T Clutch Clutch was good, but I think I think like that was just also a case of people thought a champion was better than it actually was. Like, right. yeah. I've always thought Echo ba Echo back then was just a so that's what it was a solo queue character. And then it wasn't that good and competitive. And, you know, lo and behold, 0% win rate, no pick rate in group stage. It's like Aurelian Soul. Aurelian Soul. Not so, yeah. Not so that, that's like what you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you were saying about plans. You could see the kind of the picks that do and don't work. And it was really obvious after plans that Echo does, in fact, not work in competitive. Yeah. At least back then. Man. Like, no flame to clutch. When I saw Clutch losing to Unicorns of Love, I was like, if that, that was Cloud9 in their position, they would not lose to them. <laughs> it's like, I kind, of expected, <laughs> I kind of expected Clutch to lose to them. It's like, it's Clutch, it's Huni, it's Demonte. I'm, that's, that's no flame. I'm just kidding, guys. I'm just joking around. Well, but, um, yeah, Clutch was an interesting team because like none of the players were really bad. It's just they they unfortunately got a really hard group. And Huni said he would like yeah. a group with SKT. <laughs> he got what he deserved. I, he I, I guess so. <laughs> You know, it, it, it was clutch, clutch was pretty fortunate to be there in the first place, I think. Yeah. So I, I, I'd be if I was them, I'd be happy, you know, making it to worlds. Like I, I I'm not saying they're, yeah. oh, they're not God, bad, yeah. right? It's just you know they did they did what they could. Mm -hmm. Like people said, oh my God, they went zero and six. It was like, what do you expect? A group is RNG, Fnatic, and T1. They're like, yeah, yeah. they got a hard group. And then the like team I thought you know, they would beat was Fnatic. 
That was it. They could, right? They, they were supposed did. to beat them they in one of those games. Did. Yeah, that was crazy. Like it might have been zero six, but it wasn't that bad. Like in the RNG games, they were at least competitive in the early game until right, Uzi right. started like ducking and diving on Kaisa one v nine. It's like that's just Uzi. That's just the way it is, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I I do want to talk to you about um C nine. So what do you think? What what do you personally think from playing against C nine in scrims and seeing them grow, evolve to the Springfield champions? Then they went down to the ground and got knocked out by TSM. Mm-hmm. So what do you think was the main contributing factor to Cloud Nine? Like not, that fall? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question because we had played C nine like in the first half, and we, that was like when they were at their peak and they were destroying everybody Mm -hmm. so we got we did get destroyed by them the first game i can't we lost in the second game too but i don't remember if it was as bad but it's really hard to say because we didn't ever scrim c9 like since we we were we were scrims in lcs usually top tier teams scrim other top tier teams and we were (laughs) near the bottom right either last place or near last place almost all split Mm -hmm. so our scrims would almost exclusively be, you know, CLG, Hundred Thieves, um, Dig, Dig. You have to scrim CLG. Well, I mean, <laughs> CLG's got to scrim someone, right? RIP Poe Belter. Oh my god. For the record, I, you know, we finished tenth, but I think we were better than Dig and CLG. You guys um, actually were probably, yeah, fair assessment. Um, yes. So you know, we would scrim all of them and. Uh, we we scrimmed C nine maybe once, but that was okay. like like a long time ago. It's it's hard to remember how uh how it went. We didn't win the set, but um we didn't get to actually experience them in scrims from like their downfall. Some would say so. It, the contributing factors to that I don't know. Maybe teams just started stepping up, and C nine couldn't take advantage of people being dumb anymore um, all the time because I was gonna go ahead. No, no, you got it. You go ahead, finish. My bad. Okay, I, I think my finishing thing was just that um, C9 had been playing this cocky, you know, all three lanes are winning kind of deal. And then <laughs> when it didn't end up being that way where lanes started losing sometimes, right? You know, the fights aren't always just going to go 100% in their favor. So mm-hmm. once people started contesting them in, in these skirmishes, especially since Blabber likes looking for them so much, things can go wrong in Snowball, and mm-hmm. it looks bad on C9's part. You know what's funny? See, that's what I was going to ask about. Oh. No, sorry. You got it. Oh, no, because um, like certain games during the split, Blabber would just invade on Lee Sin with his, with his support in ADC. They would all die level one, and somehow they would still win. Now, yeah. at some point, you got to feel like, okay, someone's going to pick on to this. There's no yeah. way you can consistently lose level one like this. Consistently, they were consistently doing this. Right. Like, just every single game, he would invade with Lee Sin with his support, Niski or, or Zen, depending on what side of the map they were on, and it would just be, die. I'm like you cannot do that internationally. You will get destroyed. You imagine Canyon playing against them, seeing that my God, I, fr- I guess free game. <laughs> what? What? Those guys are well, competitively so, griefing. <laughs> well, so while I'll agree with that on yes, but like that's what they did last year. Uh, they like Blabber is always known for like his early mm-hmm. game. Even last year in Worlds, he consistently outjungled like Yankos pre-15. Like once it hit 15, though. He started like inting. He'd have like four deaths in a row. But pre fifteen, he would out jungle the shit out of like Yankos and stuff. So I think another issue though is like I mean it happened against FlyQuest. FlyQuest every game had some wacky level one invade that would work out heavily in their favor, and then they would just snowball. 
but I think eventually what I what personally I see sucked was like I mean they talked about it they didn't have success on the most broken ADC at the time which was Kate so they mm-hmm. were forced to ban yeah. it and they could never pick it on blue side but like that's Ooh. a waste of a ban right that, but that definitely also, seemed like the, the biggest mid- issue I also think you kind of saw once the roaming support kind of mids besides TF kind of got slowly moved out I think you started seeing a huge gap in individual skill levels in the mid lane as far as against like Bjergsen and Jensen and PoE comparatively to Niski, who likes to go a supportive style. Yeah. It definitely seems like C9, as the season went on, the meta was slowly not favoring them in certain picks. And also the way that they were playing certain counter picks and counter matchups. Um, Licorice kept doing this thing where he would either counter pick himself or play a matchup that just doesn't make sense. And he keeps on insisting on it. either him or the coaching staff, right? So, like, we don't know. Like, maybe it could have been that the coaching staff was kind of a big decision behind some of these drafts. Um, we did see on one of the interviews, um, uh, one of the interviews that I Will Dominate did with the C9 players, they kind of explained that, yeah, like, they just, the C, the, the Kalen pick was not doing anything for them scrims. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they necessarily talked about anything on their top lane picks, but mm-hmm. I saw that as another potential weakness because Licorice had a really terrible series in the TSM series. Um, he just wasn't playing tanks. It really doesn't make any sense, like why they weren't playing tanks in a lot of those compositions. So it just seemed like anything that could have gone bad for them really just did go bad at the end of the at the end of the split. Well, and like Alorum said, it, like people started taking these fights with them. Like you mm-hmm. know, they, right. C9 would always be like three v two at scuttle. They would always be looking for these skirmishes, and they would always take them. But the other teams wouldn't really go with and try mm-hmm. to take it as well. But you saw against like TSM. They went for, uh, I want to say it was um, Shelly. They went for Shelly, and then all of TSM collapsed on it. Like, yeah, at least four out of the five members were there, and they turned it around. So I think teams just started kind of calling them Catching on, it, on, on these like skirmishes. That yeah, they call it, calling out like bad engages. Here's what you have to think about. So C9 was the best team in the region for like a good half of the year, right? Mm-hmm. And it was pretty much uncontested, right? They were the best by far. Mm-hmm. So think about this. Is C9, with no competition in scrims, like they're just the best, going to improve at a faster rate than the other teams who are scrimming C9, you know, that get to they get to play against a team that's better than them, and so they get to learn from that. How can C9 improve at a faster rate than the other teams? So... If you think about it, it was only inevitable until other teams were going to catch up and start figuring out how to contest these plays that we were doing just based on practice, right? Mm-hmm. I would agree to an extent, but one thing I would say to consider is you have ha- just had super teams that just literally never lose or you know never back down. Like you think primetime SKT during their winter mm-hmm. season OGN um, or their world's run, which was also like almost just a three Oh stop across the board, except for when, no, not sorry, not 2015, 2016, 2015. They also won. Yeah. But uh, 2016, they were on the verge of three Oh in finals. And I think teams like that, like, obviously I'm not going to compare C9 to them, but yeah, the way, the way that they can stay on top, <laughs> the way they stay on top really is just staying ahead of the meta. And yeah, yeah not, not being able to, I think, draft well in the series that mattered was a big mm-hmm. problem i do th- i i can agree with you there but i also think that skt a, a lot of people would have said that c9 and 
was there was in the NA there was one team that was good C9 and then nine bad teams. Well, even at SKT's dominance, <laughs> even at SKT's dominance, there were still other good teams to practice against. Like you yeah. couldn't say that it was SKT and nine bad LCK teams because you would say there's SKT, there was KT Rolster, right? Like in mm-hmm. um, Samsung, um, those were all good teams, and so like mate, SKT, I agree, was also that super team that was so dominant, but they did have teams that were considered also very good world's level teams while we were considered to have one world's team and nine bad teams. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say, LCK has a region. Oh, you got it. Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, it was just that other teams had good players too. Like, no one looked at TL and went, all these players were dog shit. You right. know? We all took it as, oh, it, it's their one bad split. Jensen hadn't really ever had a bad split. It can happen. Impact, yeah, yeah in, Impact yeah. hadn't had a bad split since NRG. So it was like, oh, this is – Double hadn't had a bad split since what? Like CLG summer – no, it was like spring 2015 or something like that. So all these players really hadn't really had a bad split. And the teams with those pretty strong players that could compete with C9's players, they were just having all bad splits. Now, that's not an excuse to, as to why they lost, but that was a contributing factor as to the reason why you didn't see other teams perform. That, that was just for me personally. So coming into this split, I even had, we I think on my power rankings, I had TSM and TL at third, second and third, respectively, because they still had really good players. And I thought that this split, they would get their stuff together and challenge C9. And lo and behold, well, TSM with their stronger, strong players did. Bjergsen and Dublin are still at worst, what, top three in their roles. So if Niski's the best, was- you have Bjergsen, which is like second or third best mid laner at that time, then that can definitely challenge them. That's all yeah. I was looking at it from my perspective. <laughs> Yeah, if you ask me, like, who I thought, like, at least went into power rankings in the summer, if you ask me just who on paper, if I just looked at nameplates, who I thought would be best, I would still say TSM. If you just took nameplates into it, TSM or TL. Like, if I just had to think about individual skill on each player, like, mm-hmm. a bad split happens. That's why when people, like, I know a lot of people are like, ha, double lift's fucking garbage, see, get rid of them. You know, bad splits can happen. It can and happen, then, yeah. Like, it happens to anybody, <laughs> That's Especially people, like spring does ma- like mm-hmm. someone got into an argument with me about spring not mattered. Okay, I told him if spring doesn't matter, TL should just keep their exact same roster. Then what was the point of changing? Then if spring really doesn't matter, then teams that all failed in the spring should just ne- ne- never change. Then so spring matters to a certain extent. It just it doesn't matter as much as it did. When right. I think when they say that it's spring doesn't matter results wise, but spring yeah. spring can matter based on how you think your performance of the next split will go. Yeah, spring right. can matter because you can s- test a roster in spring, see how it does. And if it doesn't work, then you know that you would need to make changes, right? Yeah. So that's probably the thing with TL, especially when they saw Double's performance, they weren't immediately just like, you know, you're fired, but they were just like, maybe we have better options on the table because especially mm-hmm. just like how the roster members were faring together. Like you could clearly see like, they were not at each other's throat, but they were not working well together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um. Anything else someone wants to add before we move on to the next topic? Good. Well, are, are we talking? What's the next topic? Is this going to be C9? Reaper leaving C9. That's going to be spicy. I want to get on that. <laughs> Reaper leaving Cloud9. So Reaper has been with Cloud9 since summer 2016 when we used to swap out Smoothie and Bunny Fufu. Yeah. Back in the days of best of threes, Reaper came. That's that's crazy. So I want to just get you guys' opinions. What was your first initial thoughts of this happening? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, I'll, I'll go first. <laughs> so um, 
I do want to preface, I already said before, like, I think it's unfair to cast certain judgment, right? Like, we can have initial judgments about, like, if we think this was a good decision or not, but we don't really know, like, what Reaper was doing behind the scenes for C9, and if ultimately, like, what happened with them at the very end of the split, um, which was a disaster, like, was totally his fault. But I think what is kind of fair to say is that you know, like, he just led this team to the most dominant split that this organization has ever had. Um, he's also had a lot of successful Worlds runs, so I think that letting him go at this point in time was a huge mistake that they're going to regret in the future. I think that it was more than likely mutual between the team and <laughs> Reaper because Reaper had time left on his contract extending to either 2021 or... Yeah, I think yeah. it was yeah, that sounds right. So typically you wouldn't see someone get fired like that. There was probably like, hey man, like, you know, we didn't make it this year, and he's probably like, Yeah, you know, maybe <laughs> I want to try something else. That we've been here a long time, and they're just like, All right, then best of luck. I, I with doubt, the girl for so yeah. long, and then I, hey, <laughs> you gotta try <laughs> <laughs> I'd be, I'd be surprised if there was actual like, you know, bad blood between the two and that they had problems with how each other worked, the Oregon Reaper. Right. Um, so I think it's they're just looking for a change of pace and see see how things work out in the future. They could go to regret it, right? But after four years and what they consider a disappointing split, I think they're ready to try something different. Um, so... I think it's, I mean, my initial response was just like, I think it's a bad move. I just think it depends on where he goes. Because I know some people were speculating that he was, you know, it could have been because he has military time that he's got to serve in Korea. Uh, in Korea. And then other people have said that in the interview that like, no, it's he's not that. still looking for work. So I think it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you get rid of your, like, you let go of like your, say your best player. Now yeah. you're giving other teams, teams that you're going to have to play, that chance to pick somebody up that is known to be good. So he's, yeah. I mean, if you just look at it, like he's won coach of the split three times yeah, and was second place four times. Like he's pretty much been in the top two every split he's coached. I just, I can, you know, yeah. I just, I can tell you right now, I can tell you right now it's not military service and that he's actively yeah. looking for teams. Yeah. I can't tell you which ones or oh. what he's asking, but you know, yeah, I, that's, that's fine. <laughs> Alarm's already in those DMs. He knows exactly what's going on. Uh, and now that he's already left, I knew, I knew he was leaving C9 weeks ago. Oh, really? Interesting. Mm -hmm. um, do you think it's possible he could go to a different region or do you think he would yeah. likely stay in NA? I, I don't know what's more likely, but I'd imagine more than one region is probably interested in working with him. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, I think anything could happen. I, I'd be, I think I'd be more shocked that he'd stay in NA. That's fair. Honestly, I, T1 likes. They've swapped out quite a few times, and he's swapped out some players before. Hey, T1 Reaper. All I'm saying that that would be a interesting combination. I It'd be say. an interesting switch for sure. I think the thing with Reaper is that, like, he definitely seems like kind of like a brains guy. And he just really needs a roster that is flexible. Um, 
to really kind of suit his drafting style. Cause I think like not every team is going to work super well with Reaper, you know, like if, if you only have five permanent players, right. You can't have people like swap in potentially, um, or people that are just, you know, only really good on one to two meta picks and can't have like pocket picks or anything like that. I think Reaper works really well when you have these kind of scenarios where you have players that are willing and able to pick a, a really strong counter pick or just a really strong meta pick um, in general to go up all against all sorts of matchups. Yeah, every. Oh, you got it. All right. I when you when you were talking about that, it's every coach's wet dream to hear that they have spe- specific counter picks that can also be flexed. Mm-hmm. And because when you have specific counter picks like that, that means the draft is way easier. Every coach in the world is begging for their top laners to have variety <laughs> in that kind of in that kind of situation. So I yeah. know. Yeah, just hearing that, you sit talk about that it made me think about. That's what G two did. Like, if you looked at fucking G two last year, they would have one pick, and that was back when you had like multiple like picks that could be flexed multiple lanes. Mm-hmm. And a but lot of them. All yeah. of their players could literally play any. <laughs> Everyone could so play Pike have, on that team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. So you would have a Pike get locked, and you're like, I wonder where it's going. Is wonder. <laughs> it's going to support this game. It's going jungle. <laughs> Is it going to be fucking Mickey on it? Like, they had multiple picks that could be flexed to three different lanes. Yep. And then now, when you're drafting against that, that fucking sucks. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It makes the draft good for you and hard for the enemy. Yep. Like, where is this going? What do I fucking choose into this? And that's literally how they fucking stopped. Like, they took fucking Pike Top. <laughs> like, Wonder I played off. Pike Top, like, too. I miss it. I liked off. it. <laughs> like... People are going to look, look at Reaper's failures, but you had to factor in multiple splits. He finished either second place in the finals, won a trophy, got C9 to, what, 2018 World uh, yeah, 2018 World Championship, World Championship semifinals. It's like, if you're a team like that's in, in the lower brackets for the LCS, you might be looking at Reaper going, hey, what do you want? Hey, if you want the shy, we'll get you the shy. But please come and coach our team, please. Yeah, I think he's going spending a lot of money if you're doing that. <laughs> he's going to spend that. They're spending a lot of money. But, but you, I think you, it's ultimately... understand what I'm saying, right? It's like yeah. he is going to be a really good asset to any lower tier team. Like... People are gonna look at his big his big fumbles, but they're not gonna look at all the other good that happened in his career too. He coaches the splits, top four trophy. I mean, is there anything more? Like, take my wife, take my house. What do you, what else do you want? <laughs> it's just. I think any team would be yeah. looking at him. I honestly, I think any team would benefit to have Reaper as a coach. <laughs> That's I mean, true. Just if you look at it. That's true, but you also have to consider the funding. Like, yeah. I know oh. how much Reaper is asking for, and. Oh crap! <laughs> he is not cheap. Does he accept Monopoly money? Because I got a bunch of that over here. He's I'm not here. cheap. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> All right, CLG, you need Reaper. Start there. I'm just... <laughs> well, see, that's the interesting. That's that's the interesting dynamic that I was going to say is in tandem with what Lorms just said. Um, so not only is he going to be asked for a lot of money, but realistically, like Reaper is not going to go to a bottom tier team, no matter which region <laughs> he goes to, right? So. I, I really doubt he would go to TSM because he doesn't seem like he would fit with um, the way hey, that Beard, TSM... Hey, Beardson. Hey, Beardson, you're out. Why? You're out. You're bench. Academy, <laughs> Academy mid in. Doubling, you're out. Academy bot laner in. They're like, what the hell? That, that, would, be, that would be pretty funny. But, but yeah, like the, I think the idea is... And this might even like influence the fact, or just the idea, rather, that he might entertain 
different regions more more than not is because yeah. I, I cannot think of an EU or NA team that is top three that would really, really like take him like instantly right now. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't think in I, I don't think that he would really be like, you know, Dignitas, yeah, I want to coach that team right now, you know? Yeah, it's... Oh, shit! He has the power to be picky right now. I'm yeah. telling you, T1. T1 Reaper, it's kind of... I, I could, I could see it happening. It's possible, yeah. If we're going region by region, if for this re- maybe he could go to EG. He coached those players before, Vince Scaring, Zazel. No, that wouldn't work. <laughs> I just thought that right now, that wouldn't work. I just don't know if EG's even bench- changing coaching staff. Right, Gosh. exactly. Planet Worlds, that ain't happening. Oh my god. I don't know. Hey, FlyQuest, you know what? If you're failing, Reaper, he goes to the sister team. I'm oh just saying, god. they're doing alright. FlyQuest, uh, yeah. They, you know, with Curry Shot, yeah, they're doing really well. So I'm. Yeah, I'm, well, now, yeah. now it's just wait until I mean, after Worlds before. No, just lock him in right now. All right, girl, you're like my you're like my call girl. I'll call you when I'm ready for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right after you fill the world, all right, Reaper, get the hell in here. Fix it all. <laughs> oh my god. But no, I think people in general are gonna look at all the all the big failures, but all the little things he did. Like he made C9 each iteration of a C9 roster, he got them pretty far, except for this split though, yeah. like most of the splits, he did pretty well out of group. St- he got them out of group stages in group of deaths, like group of deaths with like T one Gen G R and G teams like that. Like you know, um, when I first saw the news, I was like, you know what? It's been a long time though. Like, it's been a long time. So if they want to change and see how it's going to be, because some people always think, hey, the grass is greener on the other side, and you, and you really never know. And that's why I tell people, like, even if you're a fan of IMT Cloud Nine Golden Guardians. They're going to change their rosters. At some point, these are not going to be the same players playing together forever. That's just me, personally. And But from looking at competitive sports like basketball, hockey, baseball, football, you know, more of the basketball, you football will, guy. But, you will yeah. never have the same roster on the same team for forever. There's always yeah. going to be changes. They're like, Even, why did you, why'd you get rid of Sneaky? Eventually, he was going to leave anyway, or he's going to retire. So you yeah. take it now, you take it later. <laughs> I'm, sw- I'm swapping to my computer real quick. My phone's almost dead. Okay, no problem. All right, what's the next topic we're going to go on? Nothing. We're going to sit down and just stare at Alorum the whole time. Nice. Okay, I'm just kidding. Okay, uh, World's 2020 predictions. So this means, what do you guys predict in terms of either meta, underrated teams, players, people aren't looking at? Let's start with the meta, because we know we're not having the new samurai champion. I forgot his name. Vaughn? Right? Yone. 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 Yeah. Yone. The best, best character in the entire game. Why is he, so Riot is a month away. You could have put him in. Come on. Especially <laughs> with this talent, the talent that there is in mid lane, like, and how high of a skill cap champion he is. He's, I'd say he's a higher skill cap champ than Yasuo, just based off his, like, old and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And, like, the stuff you can do with his E is just absolutely stupid. So I just think like why not have him with the set of mid laners that are there? Are like Well, I just have a question I have a question for you guys. So every single year there's a champion that's almost a hundred percent ban rate, right? Like never being last year it was Pantheon. 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 So Pantheon and, did not make it through a single fucking pick ban. And in previous years That's it was hilarious. like Alistar, Kalista, Shen, Kalista 2017. Kalista, oh, Mordekaiser and uh, what was it, yeah. 2015? Oh, that was, yeah. Oh, Mordekaiser. Mordekaiser and Gangplank. Gangplank. Oh, so who do you think it's going to be this year? Mm. I, I already have my answer. I was going to say the new jungle champion. I think Shen, actually. 
I Lilia and Shin, I think are, I think Shin in specific is going to be high ban rate, but I think Lilia would be more toward like 40 50 percent yeah i would agree with that i think graves might be pretty high too just with the amount of uh junglers especially like in the lpl that play graves like peanut peanut's really good on graves i'm uh, also gonna say like in my opinion that'd be more like 40s or something maybe even less because graves i do think is good and a lot of players are good at graves but many people are willing to let people have graves so they can play nidalee and uh um, yeah and uh set or something like that if I had to put my highest win or my highest ban rate champ, uh, I, honestly, that's kind of hard because I really think it depends on who you're playing against. Because, like, obviously, certain teams you wouldn't ban certain champs as they're not good at right. it. Like, say it's theoretically C9 made worlds, you wouldn't ban Kate against C9. Yeah. They never fucking pick it. So, <laughs> if I had to choose, yeah. I would say just blanket statement. I would say TF. Okay. I think you were almost on the money with Caitlyn, though. I think there will be a lot of Caitlyn. I think yeah, will be Caitlin's top, be big. top five or even top three most ban champ. But my TF, Galia, okay. My my number one is gonna be Lucian. I think Ooh. top or mid. Um both. Well yeah, oh, just the flex. flex right? So flex? Okay. and I think a lot of teams recently have been playing more and more Lucian in solo lanes. So it's been heavy picked mid, top. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So I think Lu Lucian, I think, is my prediction for highest ban rate champ this year. I don't think he'll be a hundred percent because I can't think of a champ that is worthy of one hundred percent bans right now. But if I had to say top three, it'd be Lucian, Caitlyn, maybe Shen. Hello, yeah. Sama. Oh, he's got the Lamillion thumbnail. That's cool, though. Lamillion literally looks like All Might. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think realistically, I don't think there's any chance that's like as busted as like Pantheon was last yeah, year. Well, yeah. Like Pantheon was absolutely fucking stupid. Yeah, like, yeah. you could do anything. It was crazy. It was, it, it yeah. was absolutely dumb. So I don't think any champs like that. But yeah, I can actually see Caitlyn being the highest mm -hmm. fan rate. Which player is people sleeping on right now? Not the well-known ones right now. This who is someone coming into worlds that everyone is currently sleeping on? So I mean, I guess if we're defining sleeping on as being like no one's really hyping up this team, I mean, everyone supports. Yeah, supports supports that play a really important impact in this meta, especially because of support counter pick. Um, I would be looking at LPL's third seed Sooning, right? Yeah. Sordar. Yeah, I yeah, I think they're gonna there be go. really good in this meta. I think Sordar people forget Flash Wolves were really, really good because of Sordar. Sordar, Karsa, Maple. Remember Sordar would always Sordar would literally I think he was one of the first international ports where I'd see, all right, whoever whoever's AD carry was, like was it Betty at some point Betty, was like Betty, yeah. or FNL or something like that. He'd be like, yeah, All right, dude. See you later, dude. I'm Roman. He, for a minute, like, level one, he would leave him consistently. But Flash Sword Art is... Oh, yeah, no, my bad. Sorry. It's, uh, Sword Art is always... He's like Karsa in the way like he always wants to get the game going. He doesn't like sitting there doing nothing. I think people have forgotten how impactful Sword Art really was over the years. And this past split for the LPL 2020 Summer Split, he was really impactful, though. Him and uh, Juan Fang... They were a pretty solid bot lane, considering the fact yeah. that Sword Art left him. So, guys, Sword Art's not changed. If you guys think he's changed or formed, he's going to send lane and No, he's changed. He's not that. He's literally the same person. Except he's way... He's more um calculated with it. Because back when I used to see him play, he would always kind of just invade randomly with no vision whatsoever just to do it to face check. And he would die consistently, giving over advantage. Now it's more mm -hmm. refined. He's warding consistently. 
he's playing with, with his mid laner more. And his mid laner, Angel, is actually really good. So I think, even just Suning as a team, I think people are massively sleeping on Sword Art. They always slept on Sword Art. But I think now, with his new team, he'll be a lot more stronger. In general, people are just, like, a lot of top lists of players have not been rating supports very high because I feel like this is very mid-jungle centric meta. So, so there are, no, there are very few supports that are getting like, oh my god, this guy's going to go nuts. Samba so. says, I was watching the league on Lock Top 22 teams. You should make your own list. What's your top five? Oh, that's next week. That's next I literally week. have that video up because I was watching it earlier. And I, yeah, would, yeah. I, I don't know. I think, I mean, personally, I don't know. I think EU is overhyped as far as teams that aren't G2 and maybe like Larson and some of Rogue, I think they're extremely overhyped. Like, I've gotten into multiple arguments. People were trying to tell me Caps is the best player in the world right now. And I was like, uh, uh, oh, what? <laughs> they are like, uh, you won fucking LEC six times in a row or eight times in a row. How was that? Dude, not? he's I was the like, first, dude, he's the first Western midlander to go 0-6 in World Finals, right? Caps is good, but is I good. wouldn't name, yeah, I wouldn't put him number one, but Caps is good. No lie. Oh, no. I, I think Caps is extremely good. I think, personally, I don't have him in my top 10. I think he's somewhere around, like, the 15 range. I definitely think he deserves to be in the top 20 for sure. Okay. He is actually insane. I just think to sit there and be like, oh, well, he's done so good against LEC. And it's like, yeah, but he was getting he was getting outlaned by Do and B on, like, Nautilus. Baker. He, someone told me he smashed Faker. I was like, "What? What games did you watch? And what games did I watch?" And I didn't see him smash Faker. Wonder. I saw him roaming. He was playing the Nisky style. Hey, you, yeah, you roll. I'm, I'm a roam dude. You can have the lane. Peace bro. out, bro. <laughs> wonder, wonder hard carried that fucking G2 uh, SKT right? series on Pike. The first game, Pike, I think it was. Yeah, he, yeah, had, he, like, played, right? yeah. he had like some insane amount of fucking yeah. kills. He, he went never off. smashed Rookie. He never smashed Faker. Whatever games you watch, you need to go back to Iron Five because you don't watch the same games. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, but I don't want to talk shit about Caps because he he is historically like yeah, he is he's a world yeah, class. Right. He is a world class mid laner, but oh, he's, he's just, just not. You know, I wouldn't rate him above the best in the world. No, I think he. I think he easily. I would say he's probably around fourth or fifth best mid, in my opinion, yeah. at Worlds mm-hmm. right now. Because I mean, like realistically, yeah, they beat Damwon last year, mm-hmm. but I think that was more of a team diff because Showmaker actually outplayed him and G2 played. was playing very well back then too yeah G2 yeah. as a team was actually insane like their they macro decisions I think. their macro mm-hmm. decisions were insane like they'd be like oh they're going uh they're going bot side dragon or something hey we have a free in hip top now like let's right. take it mm-hmm. right I think when it comes to the, the kind of the topic we were um I think we were straying a little bit away from it but one one Bye. person I wanted to talk about which is also on my favorite LCK team right now Gen G so their top laner oh, Rascal boys. Um, I think is actually ridiculously good at people. He He's gets kind of overshadowed by the fact that he has BDD and Ruler on the same team, and both of them are playing really, really well right now. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if you just go back and watch some of the series, like, especially the really, really close series that they ended up losing against DRX, he was playing insane that entire five games. Um, and, you know, like, he, he unfortunately is in a region where top lane has Keen, and uh, a bunch of other like really star players. I think Rascal is going to show up like really big, no matter which group they get in. Hmm. It's so easy to be overshadowed by Ruler. <laughs> it's just uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's just unfair yeah. how good he is. Yeah. Just <laughs> it seems like light. any player on the same team with Uzi. <laughs> yeah, I think it's. I think another one, honestly, I think another player just because they get overshadowed by the rest of their team and it's Ghost. Yeah, yeah, Ghost. I think I yeah. think Ghost is insane. 
but yeah. you're yeah. on the team with Showmaker and Nuguri, who are arguably and yeah. superstar solo, who are all, all <laughs> arguably top three, if not the best, at their respective yeah. lane as far as like mechanically. So I think I, but, Ghost gets severely overlooked. Yeah, even, even what's his name, Barrel? Even Barrel, Barrel gets kind of underrated too. That's because last year Barrel was known as the Alistar one trick. Like if you look at any <laughs> yeah. game he played Alistar, <laughs> he played Alistar. He did great. And if it wasn't Alistar, yeah. I mean, also he had Nuclear, who arguably yeah. wasn't that great, but much much less than Bear or uh, Ghost, rather. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Ghost is honestly severely underappreciated, purely based on the fact that he's got three, you know, insane solo or solo lanes, jungle, yeah. you know, whatever you there's want. There's just a it. lot of, there's a lot of superstar solo lane and jungle <laughs> talent this year at Worlds. So. Hmm. Yeah, that's what's exciting. I think the top lane pool is really strong, but also like jungle and support yeah. seem, seem like really competitive as well. Yeah. Bro. I'm just thinking 369, Zoom, and um, Naguri. All you know, my top three top laners, and then mid lane, you've got Knight, Showmaker, and Canyon, right? Bro, it, right? Yeah, Canyon's jungle, uh, not Canyon. Um, Chovy, Chovy, yeah, Chovy. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know why I said Canyon. I was thinking C, C, <laughs> yeah, but so it's just those three, like alone. I'm just thinking, my god, look at the solo lanes, and that's not, and there are still so many good players past that. Yeah. Carson's on top, Jackie think- Love. Jackula's yeah. on top. This is a, this is I a, think this is the hardest. Knight, Knight versus Canyon. That's the matchup I want to see. Knight versus Canyon. Best LCK <laughs> mid versus best. Or, or, or even Chovy too. I'll, Knight versus Chovy. I'll take that. I'll take Knight versus um, Showmate. Was it, yeah, Showmate. Yeah. I'll take like, Canyon. Man. I'm sorry. Guys. <laughs> 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 hey, you never know. They might, they might do the FPX switch where they're, well, one of the guys is playing jungle. They might just roll swap randomly. No, I'm just kidding. No one do that. I think this is arguably, though, the hardest year to determine a top 20, in my opinion, as far as talent goes. Because I just think, in like, there's just so much insane, like, insane people. Yeah. Like, it, I think uh, it's easy to put the mid laners all the way near the top. And yeah, yeah. recency bias is going to be a huge thing, I think, for um, ESPN, any Loli Sports top 20 that's going to come out. It's like, obviously, the people who won, right? Everyone's going to be thinking about Bjergsen, Caps, Showmaker. <laughs> Chovy, right? But yeah. I think like uh, the players that we just talked about, Ghost, Barrel, um, Rascal that I mentioned, a lot of these players are definitely going to get kind of cut onto the radar just purely due to a lot of recency bias that's going to happen, I, I would say. I think it's also a lot of, uh, like, I watched the ESPN LOL's fucking top 20 list, and honestly, in my opinion, that shit was a joke. <laughs> I didn't even get to see it. I would love to. I want they, to go they put Knight as they put Knight as number one, which I can agree with at least. I like, can agree with that. Okay, so but like I said, I don't agree that Caps is number five, but mm-hmm. I think he's still in there. But they had like Reckless at twenty, and they had. I can I can see self made being in there. <laughs> they had Nagari way too low. Nagari I do not think Reckless what? is the top twenty what? player right now. We had Reckless at twenty. <laughs> okay, they, they didn't watch the split. Well, they were heavily biased towards like EU. And, like, I understand that. Like, I feel like EU's got the biggest fan base as far – well, at least as people that I understand, obviously, because I only speak English and, like, the very little bit of Japanese that I know. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not interacting on Twitter with, uh, you know, Korean fans or LPL yeah, fans, yeah. which is personally what I enjoy watching the most is mm-hmm. the LPL and LCK. So, All right, fair enough. I think the issue here with when you're going into a world's top 20 list is that – for me, consistently, people underrate the Western players or overrate them. That's kind of it's it's never in the middle. So for me, if you put a player like Bjergsen in a top twenty, you just put him at twenty because 
you know, it, feel, it feels stupid putting any NA player because like you don't want to put it there. It's like, well, NA's done so shit in the past, right? Yeah. <laughs> plus, plus, like, I think what you're trying to go for is, yeah, if you just kind of put the pity one in there for NA, it's just like, yeah. oh, well, we feel obligated to put yeah, this guy yeah. here because he's our he's our he's our king. <laughs> I mean, it might be it might be true because you know you only see the NA players play against the other NA players until Worlds, right? Or an MSI, which didn't happen, so. This year, I think it's fair not to put in any players in the top 20. It's like, all right, yeah, you know, I would agree. show up on stage. I guarantee it. So we'll, think, we'll put Faker in the top 20. <laughs> I think the only one you could like really put on there is probably Bjergsen. Bjergsen, POE, J- they mean Core JJ? I think Core JJ. I think, but also Core JJ is what I would go with, yeah. It would have to be Core JJ, Bjerg, or POE. Yeah. I just think it's uh it's just super hard. Like like I said, like this year's top twenty it's pretty is hard. I think it's extremely hard if you especially if you actually wanted to go and not just be like, Oh, any order, uh night showmaker, Kanabi, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know. like that's easy. Sure, you could just come up with like twenty players that you think are the best, but actually putting them in order too, I think like that's that's really yeah. fucking hard, buddy. That's why that that's why I said I need the extra week to do our top twenty players list because like dude I was looking at these games. I was like, dude, where am I going to put Zoom at? This guy's been insane. Yeah, Zoom is so good. He's- Zoom, Kanavi. Carsa uh- <laughs> is actually having an insane split in the playoffs. Like, what is this? Uh, however you pronounce it, Sofum, the SOFM. Dude, SOFM has been so underrated, and now he's finally coming out, and he's so good. He plays around objectives so well. Like, where do you put SOFM at? Below Bjergsen? I don't know. You know? It's hard to say. Would you be crazy if you did? I think you would. It's yeah. <laughs> it's hard to put any NA player in. No, so, like, oh, yeah. if I made a top 25, I would have NA players in the 21 through 25. I, I, I would do that. It but the top happen. 20, it's like, <sighs> sorry, How Corey. How justify it? Yeah. Yeah, I think like in the previous couple of years, so Jet back when he was still a caster and a few others, you know, they would put their NA players, Doublelift, Bjergsen, at around the, they would hover around, you know, like 15 to 20, and then their justification would be like, all right, they've been playing really, really well this year domestically, but we got to see them internationally. If they don't show up internationally this year, I'm going to drop them off this list if they appear back next year. And that's kind of what happened for a lot of the people. It's like NA has had pretty mm-hmm. terrible performances internationally so it's it's really hard to say oh yeah Bjergsen's in his prime again so <laughs> let's put him in the top 20 list when you have four LPL teams four I mean, LCK yeah. teams three really 20, strong LCK teams these top 20 lists are just opinions so it's just like exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah oh my god he doesn't agree with me about Caps being the best mid laner I hate him yeah and, re- and realistically <laughs> as a player it's like whatever man like you know I'm just gonna play it you're not going to yeah, play bro. any better or worse based on what someone put on their sheet of paper. <laughs> yeah, bro, I got fucking blasted when I was like, yeah, Caps isn't the top five player in the world. Oh, yeah, when you put it on the group, bro, dude. Oh, my they God. They blasted me. I was like, the EU fan base, they, they were not having it. They were not happy. <laughs> I was like, hey, all right, yeah, I don't care. And they're like, fucking NA, yeah, like, same, you NA fans. And I was like, bro, NA's not my favorite region. I don't like watching the NA. Same thing happened to me. The same thing happened to me in the group. <laughs> When I said, hey, I'm glad we're moving on from Sneaky, they're like, oh my god, you're a Sneaky hater. I never even said that. I never, those words never came out of my mouth. I said, I met this person in IRL, but we're talking about gameplay versus me, a person in IRL. They need to move on. They're like, oh my god, you're a big hater. You're a Sneaky hater. Get out of here. I'm like, all right, whatever. Hey, you know what I mean? Sneaky was successful on Kate, though, when he did play. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and the, I mean, those, those cosplays, those cosplays are great. Yeah, but, but Alorum, we're putting you at number one. It's instead oh, of putting man. at number one top 20 player. 
<laughs> I mean, I, I deserve it, right? <laughs> <laughs> They're, they're not, they're not going to have an answer for the Malphite at Worlds this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're going to instant ban it from 100% me. 100% ban. Game 5 against top esports. When I'm teasing the finals, guys, they're going to ban Malphite. Yeah, game yeah, yeah. 5. It's going to force you to play. They're, they're, they're going to play Yorick in Game 5. Calling it right now. He's <laughs> just pulling out the Yorick, man. Hey, like I said before he joined, I enjoyed watching the Malphite games. And the interviews I did too, were yeah, fun. I liked them. <laughs> I were fun to watch. It's That's just, I like playing Malphite. What can I say? <laughs> you know, it worked. It worked. It, it's, it's whack because Malphite's so punishable. But if it works, then... Yeah, it's true. Especially really... with the Ori ball delivery. Yeah, like, yeah. It's got a lot of potential, if nothing else. Yeah, if, so, it can't be that dumb if it works every now and then. True. So the one of the last thing we did players. So the teams that most people have an, ex an expectation for the teams, which is like Suning, Damwon, Genji. But teams, what, what about other teams? People aren't really lo looking at besides like no one's looking at any NA teams really. Like it's like mm, you know, right. I think it, it's all matchup though. It's all based on who you get in your groups. Like realistically, like TL yeah. last year could have easily made it out if they were in either uh, B. I, I think they could have even made it out in C. Realistically, like I think they probably could have made it over Fnatic. But you put them in a group with IG, who was you know rookie was having a mess split. But I mean, you still have rookie in the shy, mm -hmm. um, and then they also still had Jackie Love at the time. And then you also had Damwon, who has Showmaker Nuguri. They took a game off him. They almost got they, – they did the impossible. People were like, okay, they have to either take games off Damwon and IG. And they actually took a game off Damwon, and they actually almost beat IG. It was just, you know, in a week two, lol. And then I forgot <laughs> yeah. who the team was. HQ. Um, HQ. Uh, they yeah. had good – I mean, I think that was back when they had, like, Westdoor was his name. Yeah. Who no. was, like – uh, I think I think they did still have Westdoor, did they not? No, because Westdoor had retired. Westdoor. Oh, you're right, you're right. That you guys remember better than I do. <laughs> Westdoor's retired for years, man. Uh, I, I, I used to keep up like really heavy with all the uh, like play-in teams and stuff like or the wild card region teams. Right. But honestly, I think uh, I think it depends on uh, who you get. I think people are underestimating LGD, um, just because they're the fourth seed. And they're like, oh, hey, they're good. They're good. like what, GA and Peanut? They're like, okay, that's like all they have. Uh, yeah, and I, I think honestly, whoever, like whatever group they go into, I think they have a chance to upset like heavily because I think Peanut's actually insane this split. Who would they oh. upset is the question. Would it be that big of a upset if like LGD beat TL? Mm, probably not. They're in the same seed. I mean, LGD like, are actually seed. pretty strong. People sleep on LGD because... LGD is kind of a meme because let's be honest here, LGD have been literally shit for so long. People are like LGD is bad still. No, they have Peanut Chie Lang X from the RNG roster last year. Do they still have Kramer? They have yeah, Kramer, they, right? they still have Kramer and Kramer. Kramer's yes, they, good. They good really team. good in LCK. They, they, they legitimately have a good team. Like people are gonna be like, oh my god, they're bad from all this many years. Imp was on the roster. No, this is a completely different team. This is a way better team now. Like all the LPL, LPL teams are strong. I think people are sleeping on SOFM. Because they don't know like who he is, and I like the way he plays is so much insane. different. Insane, bro. <laughs> bro, he has the hands of gods in his. He has the fingers of a god. I swear. That's like bronze. Sin game that he just outplayed the living shit out of Echo. The, the mid laner. <laughs> I forgot. The like the Echo was fed too. I forgot what mid laner it was and what team they were playing against. But he absolutely outplayed the shit out of him. And I was like, uh, yeah, no, this dude's fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But then, the, I, I think the only Chinese team people have 
iffiness is on is um the team with Yigao, uh J- JDG, right? Uh um, they better not. <laughs> JDG was I can't really say I'm shaky on any of the LPL teams. And if I, if I <laughs> it's, did, it's really hard to say that, yeah. If I did, it would be the fourth seed because I think Peanut has not had an amazing split. I think Kramer's like their superstar, right? And playing around bot lane will be <laughs> yeah. would be the play. But it, even then I'm not like, oh man, these guys, I don't know about them. It's you know, they're all good. <laughs> I think any LPL team has like a really good shot at making it of groups, and I can agree. Honestly, I can say the same with the LCK. I, I can see the LCK like two C. I can see DRX beating G two. Yeah. Oh easily. yeah. That's, that's, that's easy. Not, yeah. Yeah. That's not like a, like a. Oh, can they beat G two? It's like yeah, they can beat G two. <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, I think. All three. I think Korea is actually in a better spot than they have been in previous years. I think all three yeah. of the LCK teams are actually solid, whereas, like, recently it's been, like, like last year, I mean, people thought, like, Griffin were okay and they just choked, mm-hmm. but I just think they got unlucky. Uh, I think yeah. Griffin, if they would have played G2, I think they could have beat G2 in a best of five. I mean, even in group stages, yeah. they were they were kind of yeah, smacking them around. One. Yeah, they went 2-1. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were kind of smacking them around in the games. Uh, I think... NA and LEC are going to have the hardest times getting out of groups, personally. If I just had to base yeah. it off of what I've seen, that's a pretty yeah, that's a pretty easy thing to say. <laughs> like, oh yeah, NA is not a hot take. Really <laughs> it's not a hot take, bro. We're going to see TSM in Worlds Finals game five against Top Esports. Reginald will get subbed in for Bjergsen. He'll yeah. play Zed. Mm-hmm. Lena will play ADC. She's like, all right, I got this. Double if go over there. I'm playing Caitlyn in game five against. Who was Jackie Love, bro? We're gonna see it. We're gonna. I, think, I guarantee it will happen one day. I think TSM can make it. I think TSM will make it out. To be honest, I think it That's, just depends. I think it depends on if they I, get I, ADD. Yeah. They could draw. They could potentially draw Fnatic and Matchy Esports, and that's a very doable. Group, I'm holding honestly. my opinion until the group draw because it's so hard yeah. to say until. It's then. so hard to say. Yeah, that's true. But that's pretty much it. Do you guys have any questions for Alorum for him before we gotta go? I think we, we covered um, a lot. <laughs> I was gonna, yeah, we did cover a, a lot. I had a question at first, but then he was answering it when you talked about not scrimming C9. Because I was uh, like, yeah. I've heard a bunch of stuff about like C9, even when they were in their downward slump, that they were still just smashing everybody in scrims. And then I've heard other people say like, yeah, no, they looked pretty bad in scrims too. Like, I think I they even said themselves in scrims. But then you were like, yeah, no, we didn't scrim C9. Yeah. So I, like, oh, well, yeah, <laughs> I, I wasn't <laughs> that. You know, we, we weren't good enough to get the privilege of scrimming C9. <laughs> I think you guys just got unlucky, man. Yeah. In, exactly. in, like single single ability uses. Like I watched Insanity miss the the Oriana ult, and I was like, he's been playing so good this whole yeah. game, and then just the one slip up, and people were like, ah, if, he's yeah. he's garbage, he's not good, and I was like, ah, if we're making lane. yeah, if we're making slip ups that are just like small things like that, which could be put down to just choking, like if we're actually creating games that could be winnable based on you know our player skill and the macro we have, then that's a better sign than us losing every single early game and never having a chance could in the be, place. Could be as bad as CLG. Could be as bad as CLG going yeah, I mean, worse than CLG, so but <laughs> I think I think historically we were not the worst 10th place team that's ever existed. No, 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 <laughs> for sure no. No. Yeah, no. So, you know, next split. There you go. There you go. All right, that's pretty much it. Next week, we'll have the top 20s players list, guys. It's going to be, bro, I'm literally putting Power People number one, and then you guys are going to stop me. Oh, Power People is the best mid laner in the world. Spica is better than SOFM. I, I promise you. He, he plays a mean Nidalee. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. Truth. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. All right, see you guys later. 
like, comment, subscribe. Most of all, enjoy. I will be I will be dropping all the news videos if they ever come out. Alarm. He'll be supplying information. He's like, Faker's coming to North America. That's just, right. just call it right now. But, Don't tell anyone. <laughs> until it's actually out there. But uh, see I you guys later. Goodbye. <laughs> have a good have a good yeah week. And then I'll see you guys next week. That's it. Because the world's group draw is tomorrow. So let's hope NA gets a favorable group draw. Let's just hope for the best, you know. See you guys later. Peace. Have a good day. And I'll see you later. Goodbye.